Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future of Influence podcast. I am your host, Raj Singh. They call me King Raj and I have an exciting guest in the passive income space, in the cash flow space. Uh, it's, it's an industry that I love dearly and uh, this gentleman lives where we all want to live, right? And, and be in the beautiful uh, Hawaii islands, right? So let me introduce you to Lane. Please introduce yourself, Lane. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Raj. Um, so currently own 6,000 rental properties. We syndicate apartments and a lot in the Midwest and the South. Uh, but it always didn't always start off with that, right? Today, we're going to talk about how to get started. Um, I was working my engineering job. Um, I got taught to go to school, study hard, work at a job for 40, 50 years, buy a house to live in. And a lot of that stuff to me, as I learn now, isn't what the wealthy do. So, but it all started with that first rental property and, um, you know, when I was working up in Seattle. Ah, in Seattle, that was your first rental property. And that's a booming market right now. I know some people doing uh, big developments out there, uh, billion dollar developments out there in Seattle. So it really is a place to be now. And that's where you started in real estate, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I today I invest for cash flow in Seattle, California, New York, New Jersey. Um, I mean, they're all primary markets, right? Great for appreciation, but you know, when you don't have that much money, you know, to me, you got to invest for cash flow because if there's ever a hiccup in the economy, cash flow is what keeps you alive. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? We'll just get right into it, uh, Lane. Um, so, are you primarily an investor yourself, and then you teach other people, your clients, how to invest? Also, is that pretty much your strategy? Um, so today I put together a large, I operate a large apartment syndication. So we go out, we buy 200, 400 unit apartments, uh, that are stabilized. We like stabilized apartments, which is defined as 90% occupied or more. We maybe put a little lipstick on a pig, four to $6,000 of rehab per unit. So new flooring, new appliances, new paint job, new playground equipment, nothing much really. I mean, but we do it over. 200 to 400 units and we bump the rents up maybe by a hundred, a couple hundred bucks. But, um, that's our business plan. We kind of just go at rinse, wash, repeat, um, around, you know, the, the, the better places okay. to invest in my opinion in the country. Great. And how long do you typically uh, hold these properties for? Usually anywhere like from three to seven years. Um, we don't kick people out. We naturally let the tenants go, um, and renew so most tenants they stick around maybe a year or a few years so we can get through most of the units in the first few years right so it's it's a cash flow play but it's also the uh the force appreciation play um you know sometimes tenants move out a little quicker than we we like which is cool too you know rip the band-aid off get the project done quicker okay great great now what are you seeing um, in this industry of, of multifamilies and especially right now with the pandemic and everything? Um, what are you seeing as far as some challenges right now that your clients are facing and maybe your company's facing as well? 
I mean, like, so we, we operate more in the commercial real estate space. I mean, residential real estate prices have skyrocketed because of low supply, right? People are afraid of people coming in their house, giving them cooties. Uh, so they don't want to put their mar- houses in the market, right? Now, I don't know if there's demand is higher or lower than normal, but because supply is low and prices are dictated by supply and demand, that is why prices are high. And that's why I don't like residential real estate because it's all mm-hmm. freaking emotion. And I just don't like that stuff. I like commercial real estate, which is dictated on the net operating income. How much does the profits, does the property produce times a multiplier? And then that's the magical sales price, the market price. That's something that we can control. So in the commercial real estate space, I mean, generally the prices have kind of stayed the same. It hasn't gone bonkers like how it has in the residential space. But it's the cap rates have come probably come down by at least a quarter point in the last eighteen months, which means prices have gone up. Um, but I think you know here in the next six to eighteen months, when you start to see that slack and the data come out, I mean we're seeing rents skyrocket in the just in the beginning of this year, uh, riding that wave. But it's just a matter of time before the average guy kind of figures it out and starts to buy, pay ridiculous prices for fifty, a hundred, two hundred unit properties. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the contrast between residential and commercial. I remember when I learned about that as well. And, and, and I realized that, you know, someone not involved or experienced in this would think, oh, no, how can I deal with a bigger property? But then what I found uh, when I switched over to commercial real estate, it took a lot less work than residential because residential, sometimes you think, oh, maybe I'll go and do that little thing over there, fix that little thing. But commercial properties are so large, you cannot possibly do that. So you have to outsource it and get teams to help you. So I like that as well, just leveraging because it's so big. And then with the size you're talking about, um, several hundred units, then you can have uh, people uh, that live in the management companies would be on, on on staff and living there as well and taking care of everything as well, correct? Right, right. I mean, when you have more than 60 units, you can typically justify that person to be in the leasing office at all times. But, you know, I mean, everybody's lived in apartments. They're kind of, they're not the greatest, right? But you really need to get good economies of skills. You need to get above 100, 120 units to justify that handyman to drive around in the golf cart and to knock out the little work orders because that's where you get killed as a little landlord or you know your your small rental property owners like those little third-party repair bills from third-party plumbers hvac guys so Mm -hmm. if we can get above 120 150 units now we can justify having a lot of those guys in house and like so we'll train the hvac um, or the staff a lot of hvac you know basic stuff to take care of a lot of that stuff a lot of the plumbing stuff is taken in-house we had a lot of apartments in houston during the freeze earlier this year I mean, when all the yeah. mom and pa investors are running around with their heads chopped off trying to find a Mario Luigi, you know, we've got them on staff, right? We pay their salary. Very nice. Very nice. So what makes your company culture uh, unique, would you say? Like, if I were to start working with you, what might I notice difference about the way you operate compared to someone else? Um, I mean, we're very lean. We hire third-party property managers because they're the pros. They we. And then our role is we manage the managers. We're asset managers. We hold them accountable to certain KPIs and give them incentive bonuses. Um, so we're very lean in, in you know, this, this business that we're in. It's not rocket science. Right? I mean, that's why it's good to be in real estate. I mean, it's, it's not something that the average guy can't do. You just got to have a strong enough network balance sheet to qualify for the debt. Understood. 
So what does your typical um, client look like? Who are they? What size of a you know, business are they? Or can they just be individual investors? Um, you know, what's your ideal client or typical client? Yeah, so we bring in passive investors. They're typically accredited investors, higher, higher net worth, higher paid. So a lot of doctors, lawyers, engineers. I got a lot of engineers. I used to be an engineer. Um, and we always like try and teach it to them in more of a numbers way than kind of a salesy way. Um, a lot of business owners, right? If, you know, business owners out there, if you guys are just starting with your business, you know, put your money into your business. But then, you know, real estate's a great way to invest after you've made the money, especially for the taxes, right? And that's where we kind of, on my consulting side, we kind of work with people more on the, the legacy planning, the taxes, the legal, infinite banking, and we pull the investments together. Yes, yes. Okay. And if someone were just getting involved in the industry now, like they haven't invested before, but they have the funds, um, what advice would you give them on uh, just starting in this industry? Yeah. I mean, if their net worth is under a quarter million, half a million dollars, I mean, do what I did in my early 20s, go buy rental properties, go learn the business, right? Because exactly. anybody can kind of put together a syndication. I mean, it's all about marketing and how you show on in, in terms of a webinar or a pitch deck or a website. Um, mm -hmm. What you really have to do is build your network of pure passive accredited investors around you. Um, many people probably like me, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have accredited investor friends around me, right? None of my family friends, they all invest in the stock market in a 401k garbage. Um, yep, yep. They, they just don't do this. So it took me a while. I had to kiss a few frogs, go and work with a couple of bad people to kind of find um, people to invest with and ultimately partner with. Um, but you know, that's, you got to kind of get in the space. And one way is just kind of learning what's in the black box and you do that by buying a rental property. Yep. And we have similar backgrounds as far as uh, you were an engineer. My background is uh, IT computer science, a uh, geek as well. And then yeah. real you figure stuff it. out, right? Like, you know, <laughs> solve problems. Yeah. And, and I loved it. I love the IT field. I love technology and gadgets, but I love being my own boss even more. So then, uh, you know, that's why I gravitated to real estate investing and then just became a passive income investor from there. Um, yeah. What is your day to day like being in this space? Just curious, like, what do you spend your time doing uh, as far as just daily with this business? I mean, it's just, it's just nonstop for me. I mean, I probably work in 10 to 12 hours every single day, but lately it's been more like building the teams i'm kind of in that transition period to building on teams um you know, right now i play chief of staff but i'd like to pull myself out of that that day-to-day -day duty it. yeah and delegate more yes understood may we all may we all and what do you do for fun i mean being out there in hawaii let me guess are you surfing or what are you doing what do you like oh uh, you know i was never a surfing guy <laughs> I, you know i mean i was kind of a, a bookworm uh you know, I mean, I studied hard, went to college. You know, that was kind of my path. Um, so I don't surf. And what do you what do you do now for fun? Um, I like to CrossFit. You know, just working out. I got a I got a young daughter that kind of keeps my time. You know, for oh, young dads beautiful. out there, you guys probably know, or older dads out there, you guys probably all know. Y'all don't have hobbies when you have kids. Right? <laughs> just making making money and making money and staying alive. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And, and thriving while you're at it. Uh, do you travel much? Uh, not lately, but, you know, before the pandemic, um, probably would go travel around once every couple of months. Um, I was trying to do more than one thing. 
on my trips, it's, you know, I got to get on a four or five hour flight from Hawaii all the time, but, um, it's cool. I mean, I used to travel all the time for work when I was a corporate slave. Um, sucks, right? You you head out there every week, even every other couple of weeks. To me, it's nice to get away, you know, once every month, maybe once every other month, you know, that it's, it's kind of nice to change the pace. So that's kind of how I've kind of built my, yeah, kind of just reset, recharge. I totally get it. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Now, um, as far as uh, your your audience with with your um, clients that you work with, can you share a success story that you've had with one? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, they get from non-accredited status to accredited status, but the very common ones are you know people with a million or two million dollars net worth. They start investing, but investing is just the one thing, right? Like, I think they don't realize. I mean, when you start investing, the whole way the flowchart works is you start investing. You, you go into good deals that make you better returns, but that you get the tax benefits, right? You get passive activity losses. Now, some of the guys, they implement real estate professional status to lower their ordinary high income from their day jobs or from their business. And this is what creates all this magical <laughs> deployable capital again to kind of return into the system. It's a beautiful thing. And then, you know, we help them set up infinite banking policies, which is like whole life overfunded insurance, but very differently um, the way we do it than your average life insurance guy out there. Um, so that that's another weapon that we use. We'll, we'll flood that with cash value and pull it right back out and invest in deals. And then you know, the, the legal side too, how do you create your entity structures? Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's all about getting to know other pure passive investors, building a, building a network. Yeah, what I found is is good as well for um, syndicating deals or just uh, um, in the investment world period is always just networking. And you never know, even though someone might not be looking right now, but you never know a year from now, just like you may not have a property now, but you might have something that, that fits them you know, a year from now or later. So I like always staying around, like I said to you before we, we got on here, just like like-minded people in the same space because we can bounce so much networking off each other and different deals and opportunities as well that we can capitalize on. Right, right. Like I, I think when I got to be about half a million dollars net worth, I think that's the the paradigm difference. Like if you're under a net certain net worth, maybe half a million, or you haven't got your business going, I think people fall into the trap that they network too much. You know, stop talking to people. Go on and freaking do something is what I say. But once you get the flywheel going a little bit, get your net worth up to not being broke anymore. I think that's when the networking really takes off. And, you know, part of it is like, you know, I, I, I would recommend nobody go to a general networking event. It, it's horrible. I mean, you're just in a room with jabronis and they're out to look for themselves. Right. Once you've kind of up-leveled your network and part of this is joining different masterminds that you got to pay to play. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get around those other people, they're a little bit more grown up in terms of mentality where they know they have to help out each other people or each other's to get what they want. It's not all for themselves. They're looking for a job, right? Those are like the worst. Um, but that's, you know, I think it's part of it is self-awareness where you are in the journey. Masterminds, pay to play. Here you have it from an investor. You know, I like to say that the, the best investment, even more than real estate or any other investment is, of course, ourselves. And that's what Lane is speaking about here with masterminds. Just you got to pay to play and you're in a... Uh, you're, you're, the people that you network with are at a more serious lever, level. They're just not like entry level. They're people that are really um, have a vested interest in your in your growth. So that's why I love masterminds as well. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Lane. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I started investing in 2009 with a rental property. I got to 11 in 2015. And as I got unbroke, and that's that level, but I didn't really skyrocket until I started to pay to play, join different groups and see what real investors did. Then, you know, you're kind of your local group that it's just, you know, it's free. You pay for what you get. Absolutely. Now, I know you're a uh, real estate syndicator, which you mentioned. You're also a podcaster. It looks like on your social media, you're, you're a speaker as well. You're you're an advisor to people. Um, you do, you're a man of many hats and many talents, but all in the same space. It seems like you're very competent at what you do. What's another uh, tip or strategy that you can leave the listeners here today that they can, they, they can then take and, and run with that, whether it's something with mindset or a practical, just share something else with us. Yeah, I'm not a big mindset guy. I mean, for, from the practical standpoint, I think, you know, getting wealthy is very simple and easy. That's why the website's will pass a cash flow for a reason. Um, it's the trouble is like, there's just so much garbage information out there um, mm. from our parents, coworkers, you know, why would the hell would you want to listen to a coworker that's been for 50 years, right? You want to take financial advice from people who are actually financially free, but just off the top of my head, common mistakes investing in retirement plan, 401k, that type of nonsense, right? It just doesn't make sense from a tax perspective to do that when you're investing in real estate and you're, you're stuck in a cafeteria of garbage options. Um, buying a house to live in. I mean, I'm not a big proponent for that for, for most people in this space. And then um, the last one is, you know, get off of Wall Street, right? That's just high fees and a lot of carried interest to the institutions. I mean, how else they had these big buildings? Okay. Well, there you have it. Simplepassivecashflow.com. That's the website, correct? Correct. Nice and simple, straight to the point. Simplepassivecashflow.com. And Lane, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, hey, you know, you seem like the guy that I need to talk to and, and work with, get more information, what's the first step they can take in getting through to you or your team or getting more information about what you do? Yeah. I mean, if you're a creditive investor, check out the website, podcast, um, reach out. My email address is lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. Um, if, you're, if you're a young kid getting started, don't email me. Um, instead, go and uh, I'll give you guys my fee remote investor e-course. Um, they can text the word remote to 314-665-1767. And they can get started just like how I did, buying rental properties. I give a lot of that stuff on my website for free. Excellent. Just say that uh, number again. They can text for the free remote e-course. What's that number? Yeah, text the word remote to 314-665-1767. All right, there you have it. Remote to 314-665-1767. Simplepassivecashflow.com. You heard it from Lane himself. That's L-A-N-E. I just got to say, uh, I'm glad that I got to connect with you, Lane. Uh, you know, we're in similar spaces with what we do, and, and it's nice to see other people as passionate about, uh, you know, financial freedom, passive income, so we can do the things that we want to do in life, but also, more importantly, help other people. Like, we're not just trying to keep it all for ourselves, but we're trying to show more people how they can do it so we have more people to play with, right? Right, right. Send the <laughs> elevator back down. That's right. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure. Any last words before we close uh, out? No, aloha, everybody. Uh, you know, it's not a get-rich-quick thing. If it is, it probably doesn't work. But, you know, passive real estate, it, it works, surely, right? When you invest in things that cash flow every month, it just takes time. Okay, excellent. There you have it. Simple, passive, cash flow, 
www.thefutureofinfluencer.com. Thanks, viewers and listeners, for another episode. Until next time of the Future of Influence podcast. And thank you, Lane. Pleasure to have you. Aloha. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.